Welcome to Waypoint's What's the Point podcast. I am Erica Castleoni, the Director of Women's Discipleship here at Waypoint. And I'm in the studio, which is the Snuggler's classroom today, with three of my friends. I'll let them introduce themselves. I'm Tonya Bartlett, and I've been at Waypoint for the past year. I uh, moved to Durham a year ago to get a degree and also to pursue a boy, and we are engaged, so it's going really well. <laughs> and getting married in December. I'm Olivier Carrette, and I we moved to uh, Chapel Hill two years ago. We've been at Waypoint for about eight months. And I am Colleen, and we are just super thankful to be in the Waypoint community. So one thing that all four of us have in common is we are part of the prayer team. And today we'd like to talk some about prayer. But to get us started, our icebreaker question is, is there a particular song that you turn to when you're discouraged? I have an old song that I return to that's super simple. I have sung it down at the altar in church. I've sung it in my car, in the shower, <laughs> whispered it to myself as you go through hard times, but it's it's called I'll Say Yes, Lord. And it's simple verse says, um, I'll say yes, Lord, to your will. I'll say yes to where you lead me, and I'll say yes to you, Lord. And um, I think it just puts me in the right posture to realize that, you know, if it's a good situation, if it's a hard situation, um, to look for him in it and to say yes to him. For me, it changes um, all the time, um, uh, depending on the season. But this year, it's been a song called Never See the End by Mission House, uh, the group that came to Waypoint earlier this year. But the chorus just talks about um, God will never see the end of your goodness, no matter what happens on our best days and our hardest days, um, no matter what we face. And um, I have just listened to it over and over again uh, this year. I have no doubt that at the end of the year, when I get my Spotify uh, printout of my year, it will be my most listened to song for sure. <laughs> uh, yeah, there's a song by a I think Australian group named City of Light. They've got an accent. I don't know if they're Australian, um, <laughs> but we sing it sometimes at church. It's called "Yet Not I, But Through Christ in Me," and uh, it's kind of like a modern hymn. But the first line of it has been really meaningful to me throughout um, my walk. And it says, there is no gift of grace like Jesus, my Redeemer. Uh, No, I just said that wrong, I think. No, it says, what gift of grace is Jesus, my Redeemer? There is no more for heaven now to give. And that's been a just call over and over again of like, ah, I already have everything I could ever need in the grace of Jesus. And that's super profound, so I come back to that a lot. Yeah, I, I recently came back across an old song that when I first became a believer, it was like the first Christian band I listened to, Delirious. They have a song called August 30th that is uh, just kind of like an intimate love song towards God and thanking Him kind of over and over. Thank you for giving me the chance to live again. Thank you for your love. It's just about how good His love for us is. Love that song. Mm-hmm. Thanks. We're going to shift to prayer, but I think music and prayer are really connected. And sometimes when I can't pray, I can sing, Mm, and that can be my prayer. So, Um, Well, I want to ask you guys um, what your personal experience with prayer has been. Why did you agree to be on this podcast talking about prayer? 
Uh, I can share. Um, uh, my, my experience uh, with prayer was one where it, it really brought about the power of, of God's healing in my life. Uh, looking back, when I first became a Christian, I was coming out of um, a, a life and a family with a lot of kind of hardship and a lot of personal problems and some deep sin patterns and a lot of hurt and pain, honestly. And um, I remember right away there was a lot of stuff that God seemed to just heal. And then there was a lot of other stuff that that stuck with me and that I couldn't seem to overcome and I you know had went to pastors and counseling and sought help and read the word and all that and yet still struggled a lot with certain things and it was at going to a church where the the culture was really centered on prayer and we prayed purposely every meeting uh, together for one another where people that I didn't even know would would pray the word over me, and and it was a unique, it was different than other prayer circles I'd been in, um, where the message or the sermon that had been preached, the the key promises of God is what they would then just pray over over you, and it was it was like an altar experience of taking it before the Lord and making it real with God, and and then in doing that, rather than just hearing the word, it was kind of like owning it and believing in it. And, and I was like given the faith to believe in those promises through prayer, through interceding and, and like having that communication with God and making those things real is what that experience was. And so hmm. prayer for me is like an avenue to connect with God in a powerful way. And, and in my life brought about like the healing that I needed to really grow. Hmm. For me, um, I became a Christian as a child, and thankfully, um, you know, I was taught and knew that I could I could pray, I could call on God um, when I needed Him. But my prayer life really grew um, during a, a dark time. Right after I graduated, I was overseas. I had um, just come out of a bad relationship. I was experiencing um, depression. Um, just going through a lot, and it was through prayer that I experienced intimacy with God that I hadn't before, uh, praying through the Psalms, seeing my emotions reflected in the Psalms, having others pray for me, and it was really um, powerful, not necessarily because I always felt better after prayer, not immediately at least, but um, feeling like God was present in that and growing through that. Mm. Yeah. yeah. I have a pretty similar testimony with prayer um the first year out of college for me i was overseas and a little bit of a mess and uh i well i don't know if you were a mess i, I was, was a mess. mess i was a mess i was a mess <laughs> okay still a mess but like more yeah <laughs> uh but i was in egypt and i remember being at a prayer gathering and listening to some egyptian women there who were praying um i was a relatively new believer at the time and just listening to their intimacy and power in prayer. And I remember thinking, I have got to get whatever they've got. Um, Not in like a, I want that kind of power sort of way, (laughs) but in just a, you know, their zeal and their intimacy was so moving. And I was really conscious of, I don't pray like that. And I really want to, because that was so beautiful. Um, and I think I still feel that way of like, just feeling like prayer is the coolest, richest thing 
we can do as believers. And I remember thinking then, um, man, like you guys have got to get in on this because this is awesome being really just zealous for prayer and still feeling that. And I think that question of what's been your personal experience with prayer, one of the biggest pieces of my experience with prayer has just been seeing prayers get answered of, I don't know, growing up, I um, I sort of thought as, of prayer as just another ritual that we do to remember who God is. It's, it's a little bit like communion or whatever. I guess I don't know if my theology of communion is robust enough, but uh, there was this sense of it just being an act of remembrance. And then when I really started to pray, realizing like, whoa, this is the this is the most authority and power we could ever wield. We're petitioning to a creator God and asking him to literally change the universe according to his will and according to our prayers. And um, seeing prayers get answered um, was another huge, huge foundational part of my personal experience with prayer. Yeah, I can agree really with all of you. And along with Olivier, as we stepped into this vibrant church body, um, having grown up in a Baptist church growing up, um, it felt very, very unfamiliar to me. Um, It was intimidating to me. Um, People were praying for everything, and they were praying at the same time together. And, you know, I remember one meeting where a group of women circled around and prayed all at the same time. And I remember thinking, I'm never going to be able to pray like that. I, I just don't know how. And, and then they turned and, and prayed for me and fought for my faith. And I realized in that moment that I hadn't really fought for faith in situations before, not like they were and not with as much effort and expectancy as they had on the Lord um, and so it was just a process for me also of healing, of letting God into that place, um, even though it felt uncomfortable saying yes to him, um, just like my song, <laughs> and just a series of yeses, God just showed his full display of, of his worthiness to um, not only act because he loves me, but to hear me and to fight for other people. Mm-hmm. So I think... You know, why I sit here on this podcast is that um, I feel a, a jealousy for others to know, to know that God and to know mm. how willing he is to bend an ear to us. I remember hearing a scripture through that church that um, I don't remember what it is, but it says that our prayers go into his ears and sit until he hears them. Mm. And, you know, I can say that that is very true. And I hope to just play a small part in pointing in that direction for us. Thank you. And anyone else, you might have already answered this, but why do you feel called particularly to the prayer ministry? Mm. Um, I feel called to the prayer ministry because I don't really feel called to anything else. Um, <laughs> I've made the joke self de- self-deprecatingly, if that's you can make that a verb form, I guess. <laughs> yeah. That like I'm just not really good at anything else. I'd be a grump at the front door greeting people, but <laughs> I there is something about uh, a willingness to pray for others, and I, th- I feel like God will speak to my heart about um, people that that need prayer, and and 
interceding for for people and uh oftentimes i find myself during service sensing a a strong like desire for the spirit to move or for people to hear him or to receive his love and i find myself praying for them and it's not something i really sought out or anything it's just it's just i think what god gave me to do and i don't ever feel a burden about it it just feels to come naturally and i think in in reflecting on the scripture about our role in the body and each having a role i i just have um you know the conviction that that's my role you know and so and there might even be times where i don't necessarily feel like praying like I was joking about greeting. I don't feel like greeting either, but people, people do that. And so oftentimes I feel like, you know, I I can, I can do that. I can pray for them and I can fill my role in the body to, to stand in the gap or to usher in the spirit or to, um, encourage people, whatever that, whatever it might be. Um, so that's, that's how I feel like God has, has called me to be a part of the local bodies, to be somebody who prays for, for others. I yeah. love when people can yeah, recognize their gift when God makes it clear and that in His generosity, He gives us delight in the things that He calls us to do. And like you said, not all the time. Sometimes you have to you know, persevere, but, but most of the time you feel just this, this joy at something that you know that, um, yeah, that He's called you to do. So thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's funny you mentioned gifts. I, I feel like in reflecting on and asking the Lord, you know, where are the spiritual gifts that you've given me, prayer has stood out as one of the primary gifts um, that he's bestowed upon me. And I just think that that's so funny because prayer was such a meaningless activity to me for a long time. And so I think there's this question in my heart, kind of like Colleen was talking about, of being jealous for others to experience that there's a part of me that's like, who else has the gift of prayer? And they're just sleeping on it because they haven't (laughs) yet had the opportunity to taste the richness and fullness of prayer. Um, But I think another reason I feel really passionate about the prayer team, specifically as an outlet for service, is this is something that my pastor in Denver used to talk about a lot, um, but revival never takes place without a proceeding of prayer before it. Um, And I think the more that I've meditated on that and even just walked through ministry in my own life, I've seen that be true. Like, I don't think that anything we do matters unless it's preceded by prayer. And so when I think about people in the triangle coming to know the the joy and salvation of Jesus, I don't think they're gonna unless we're covering our every move in prayer. And so that's been a really rich part of the Sunday morning prayer team is like, man, the Lord is doing stuff because we're gathered together and um, turning our hearts to him. That reminds me of a quote I've always remembered and I'm sorry, I don't know who said it, but <laughs> someone smart. <laughs> someone smart said um, that the future belongs to the intercessors. Um, which, you know, knowing God's heart is such a gift of prayer. Um, what a special thing that we can know His heart. And I think um, there's even another verse that says that the secrets of the Lord He reveals yeah. to those who seek Him. Mm-hmm. Um, like I want to know 
the secrets of the Lord. And um, I know he knows the secrets of my heart. Um, So I think what brings me um, here to the prayer team is to just walk, um, to see God be God, but to also walk with people, Um, not just pray for them, but to also, you know, if you're in a battle, then I'm in a battle with you. Mm. And if you're sad, then I pray and lament with you as well. Um, and it's just brought a rich, a richness to the community of God. Yeah. Yeah, I, I wanted, I won't jump in it too soon, but that fellowship and intimacy that comes out of prayer for one another and with one another, it's just, there's nothing else that can get you there, yeah. I think. Yeah. As you guys were talking about quotes and verses about prayer, one that just stood out to me, I just Googled, so I know the, the <laughs> reference, but Psalm 5.3, in the morning, O Lord, you hear my voice. In the morning, I lay my request before you and wait expectantly. And I think mm. that's what that Sunday morning prayer time is, huh. is all about, is just laying those requests and yeah. waiting yeah. expectantly. So I'm so excited about what, what God will do. Um, we want to talk about prayer both personally and corporately during this time. But starting just personally, I was going to ask you what your personal prayer life is like. And um, this isn't like a one-size-fits-all, like do what we do, but just to give people some ideas of, of what personal prayer life could look like. Um, that same pastor in Denver, Corbin, thanks for everything, um, <laughs> also had this great metaphor for prayer that I was thinking about a, a few minutes ago. As we were talking, um, he said, you know, imagine that your life, your soul, your brain, whatever, is um, like a house. And as you walk through life, you, you, you get stuff and you need to place it in the house somewhere. And you've got all these drawers and cabinets mm-hmm. and whatever. And as we walk through our lives, we accumulate all this junk, all this stuff. And um, the house gets really messy. And he said, prayer is like the act of organizing the house. It's like in prayer, we pick the object up, you know, whether it's that awful conversation I had at work with a colleague or the fears that I have about my daughter's health. um, And we examine it with the Lord and we figure out where to put it because he directs us. And I don't know, the metaphor doesn't keep going too far beyond that. But I think about that a lot with my personal prayer life. There'll be days where my brain just feels full, like I'm a hoarder. (laughs) I'm just so cluttered and sitting down with Jesus and um, going through that act of sorting the things. I I experience the truth of like leaving with a light and easy yoke. Laying your burdens down, like a literally casting your, yeah, cares, laying your burdens down. Yeah. Yeah. And, um... So visual prayer actually is like a realm that I spend a lot of time in. I thought it was kind of woo-woo at first, but um, I mean, like envisioning the metaphors of like what it actually in my brain, imagining what it would look like to put on the yoke of Christ and I don't know, treading the grain with him um, or uh, approaching the throne of God in my imagination and and lying prostrate before him. And sometimes, you know, I might actually lie down on the ground, but oftentimes I find my heart posture is the thing that I'm really trying to engage with. And sometimes physically posturing myself gets me there, but sometimes just the imagining, um, or, or in times of hurt, 
actually closing my eyes and asking God, where are you in the room right now? And maybe you think this is kind of woo-woo, but like <laughs> what has happened is there have been times where, I mean, I've, I've felt Christ like come physically and be near and I've felt his literal comfort of a, of a present and active and living God. Um, and so that's a really big part of my personal prayer life is, is visually seeing the Lord at work in my life. That's cool. Yeah, my personal prayer life has also changed in the seasons of my life. When I had young kids, I remember hearing advice to open my Bible on my countertop, and as I'm running by, chasing toddlers to whatever few words I could grab in that moment um, is what I would pray for the day. And it was amazing. Like, I literally spent not even a minute, and and God would give me something to think about as I'm chasing kids. And as I've had kids grown and my life has changed, there are a few things I think about in my prayer life. Um, One thing I try to practice is to not leave his presence until I've received from him. Hmm. Um, And I think, you know, that's something that I could talk about for a while. Like, how do you know when you receive from the Lord? But maybe it's just having spent enough time hearing the word and knowing what its meaning for you is in the moment. What is God asking me to do? Um, And I think when I'm hungry to hear from him, um, whether it's comfort, whether it's a charge to obey, to do something, have maybe sometimes he says, like, have that conversation with that person. Um, That's receiving from God. But I try not to hurry out of that that time Mm -hmm. until I've received something from him, Um, which the Bible has a lot to say about waiting on the Lord. And Mm -hmm. I think we learn that um, in prayer. Um, the other thing that I practice is that when I don't know what to pray, I praise Him. Hmm. And I just don't let there be that quietness. Um, sometimes praise kind of opens closed parts of you. Um, it wakens memories that you have. It brings things to mind. And so um, when I don't know what to say, I, I praise. That's so good. Um. I remember, well, if you think in in Scripture, it often relates uh, our relationship with God as a marriage and we're his his bride, right? And mm-hmm. and I, you can't really have a, a good marriage without communication. And mm-hmm. I just think of coming <laughs> home to my wife, Colleen, and if she asked how I was doing and I didn't say anything or ignored her, I, we, I don't know that it would work very well for very long, right? <laughs> and I think for personal prayer for me, I... I'm actually in a place where I don't think about it too much because it happens very naturally and it's, it is more conversational than it is like an, I, the way you would think of like an act of prayer of settling down, of focusing and all that. And so a lot of times, a lot of times in commuting back and forth from work, uh, coming out of meditation or just thinking on God and just begin to talk out loud and, talk with God, talk to God. And I think, as you just said, Colleen, a lot of times it starts with just praising God. Um, and I'm, I'm thankful for that, that it doesn't feel like this burden of, I have to set aside time to do it. Cause I'm not good with any of that stuff in my life, honestly. And, and to find that, like it, I feel like God is really honored when we just talk to him as a friend and, and in, include him as part of, part of the day and everything that we do. And so there might be times where I'm, it's just an awareness Oh yeah, he loves me, and 
I'm his child and Lord help me see you in this in this moment or uh, just telling him that I love him and that I, I couldn't get through the day without him or that it's so beautiful out God you're glorious and it, yeah so I think in my personal prayer it's not really structured and it, it comes and goes at different times but it also feels pretty intimate in that it it's more like a just feels very relational um, yeah. I guess I'm thankful that I don't have like a a pressure around the the feeling that I gotta pray or I have to do that, and that it it's just more, again, relational. Um, I love that um, our spiritual lives, God, um, gives us freedom um, within our personalities and our cultures. Like if you think even, you know, and how we praise Him, how we study the Bible, and I think mm-hmm. prayer is no different. So I love that. I know some people who are are just they love structure in their prayer life they have things they pray for on monday things they pray for on tuesday and their and their prayer life is very rich and i know more people are a little bit more free form you know and uh yeah so and i love that we can learn um from christians and other traditions and throughout history the past couple years i've been taking classes on spiritual formation so it's been interesting to see how throughout the the years we've been trying to figure this out, you know, I mean, this talking to God, this is, you know, and that there's so many things that we can learn, um, yeah, from others. Um, so I've, I've picked up some of those practices, like you were saying, Tony, imagination, I think imagination is a gift that can like enrich our Bible study too and our prayer lives. I think also, um, liturgies. I love, uh, reading beautiful mm. prayers that have been, read um written you know sometimes hundreds of years ago sometimes recently um but you know praying those prayers um the prayer of examine where you kind of like take time and look at your last 24 hours and see you know is god bringing to mind any relationship you need to mend or anything that you know see taking stillness um probably for me the the two or three most common ways i pray is pretty much from college on to the past, you know, 24, 25 years, um, just prayer journaling. I don't do it every day, but mm-hmm. I do it more just because I, I don't, I can't think very clearly unless I write things out. Um, that's just, I am, I have lots of questions, I have lots of, lots of emotions, <laughs> lots of stuff. And so I think just writing my prayers, actually now I do it on the computer. I just have like a folder and I just, you know, and it's not really so much to look back. Every now and then, I'll just randomly pick, like, two years ago today, what was I praying about, you know? Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's um, sometimes it's like, oh, I'm still dealing with that. But most of the time, it's like, wow, yeah, God is at work. Um, but most of the time, it's not really to look back. It's just because it helps me think and stay focused. Um, prayer walks, too, mm-hmm. on kind of like what you're saying to Olivier, just like looking around, well, God, that's beautiful. That leaf is so beautiful. You know, just like really just kind of talking with God as you're walking, you know, pass a neighbor, pray for them, you know, that kind of thing, that more conversational. Yeah. Yeah. I think that conversation piece can get lost sometimes. It wasn't a framework I had for a really long time, but I mean, that's like, that'll blow your mind to (laughs) think about dialoguing with Mm -hmm. God and having that lens to look through for prayer, I think changes everything about prayer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So now let's kind of move to corporate prayer. Um, why do you think it's important to have spaces and time set apart for prayer as a church? And how can we make prayer part of our church culture? You can a- answer one of those, both of those, but just what are your thoughts on our, our corporate prayer life? 
I uh, I have this sort of developing thought uh, in my life of seeing the way that we interact with people is sort of happening in different realms of intimacy. You know, there's the physical intimacy with another person, maybe with um, your spouse that's like, you know, cuddling or whatever with friends that might be hugging or um, a kind hand on the arm. And then there's uh, emotional intimacy. So having a meaningful conversation, really being vulnerable with one another. Um, I think intellectual intimacy is another one, right? Engaging in that thought, that really deep thinking of wrestling over topics of politics and whatever. And then I think there's spiritual intimacy. Um, and I see us as we go about our daily lives, sharing in those forms of intimacy with every single person that we encounter. Um, and I think it's really essential to the life of the church that as believers, we aren't just engaging in those first three realms of intimacy with one another, because I think we can do that with the rest of the world. Um, Mm -hmm. and I think that one of the most vulnerable spiritual places we can step into is prostrating ourselves before the Lord in prayer. Our full theology is on display. I don't know about you guys, but the mess of my heart is always put on display when I'm praying with honesty. Um, And, you know, we have to like lay bare our hearts before Christ when we pray. And if we're praying alongside others, they they can't help but be witnesses to that too. And so I I think that if we want to have a church that is meaningfully communing with one another, if we want like the fellowship of the saints that we see in the first church, just bedrock, well, obviously foundation is Christ, cool. But uh, in terms of act, like acting, I think prayer is a bedrock for us when we mm-hmm. when we pray together we build relationship in a way that's unique to the rest of the world. Um, And so that's why I think it's so important for us to have things like the healing prayer service and Sunday morning prayer um, community groups, really embedding prayer into their rhythms and routines is because we are, our, our, our glass ceiling is dependent on how much we're praying together in terms of our intimacy as a body. Yeah. And even looking into the word, you know, what it says prayer is to be is uh, is to be called a house of prayer for all nations is is the design for the church that there would be a house of prayer. And I think one thing that surprised me, um, the church that that we grew in prayer in was in Chicago. And um, when I when I hear the word say that it's a it's a house of prayer for all nations. I can tell you that that was true in that place, mm-hmm. that there were unity, unities built between ethnicities. Mm-hmm. There were, you know, social justices that were, you know, put to peace in that place. Mm-hmm. And if, you know, if not for intimacy with the Lord, he's offering this um this place for all nations where everyone gets to be who they are and there's peace. And I mean, for that alone, I can just applaud his design for prayer and it's exciting to see. And I think our world is hungry for that right now. Yeah. Praise God. That's cool. Yeah. I I think of, um, 
you know, the, the importance of it in a church is if, if we're not praying, then who are we, who are we following? Right. Mm -hmm. And it, I don't, I don't want to be in a church where it's a, a pastor as a celebrity or it's his charisma or special gifting that is really what is bringing the people together. I want it to be the Lord. Huh. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and I, I guess I don't really see how you do that without being prayerful with one another. It, it to me, it is how hmm. the word becomes activated. So you can have a church that is super biblical and very based on the word. And yet in the words preached really well. And yet if there isn't this like activation of it, that happens through prayer, it, it seems to just be like, you know, good head knowledge. Right. And, yeah. um, and I, and I say activated, I think what I, what I'm trying to say there is like experience, like we experience the promises of God and see him at work through prayer. And so to see healing happen, um, I don't, I've never really seen miraculous healing happen without it having been prayed on before. <laughs> right. And God receives all the glory and and praise yeah. for that. But everybody in the room experienced that. Everybody in the room experienced pouring their heart out, praying for that person dying for cancer or what have you. And, and God is most glorified when everybody experiences it together to see that he healed it. So when people come in off the street, they're hurting. People are, if people are coming to the church and they're not coming from another church, they're, they're genuinely looking for the Lord. They're looking for more than what this world has to offer. Hmm. Right. And so if we're offering them a charismatic, talented figure, uh, that they can find that anywhere. Right. <laughs> and obviously the word is everything and everything is foundational on the word. And yet there is a part of that where the next step of it, of internalizing it and activating its power and owning owning it like by b really believing and making it a part of an experience you've had happens through prayer I, I just haven't really experienced it any other way right and so my hope for prayer in the church is that people would come in hurting and and needing a touch from god and they would receive it because people are bringing the word to them through prayer and encouraging them in that prayer yeah. Yeah. I just agree with, yeah, all that you guys have had to say. I think um, our personal prayer lives are, are so important, but there's something that happens when we pray together that mm. um, that can't be duplicated alone, that we need to hear others' prayers. We need to pray. We need the act of having people pray for us, and we need to pray for one another in the Christian life. It's one of those another's <laughs> like we need yeah. to like experience that as a body and i think if we're not intentional then then it won't happen so i am thankful for the opportunities we have um so yeah just a, a plug come out to the healing prayer at night um come if you feel you need healing come if you if you don't <laughs> come up here um we because you probably do yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and it's beautiful too that those times that we carry one another that like if you don't right now there'll be a time when you will you know and like we can like uh, strengthen one another so i love that and then um yeah sunday morning prayer and uh also just i think a way that we can cultivate that culture is when someone has a prayer request stop and pray then that's one thing i've been yeah. trying to do with it when it's at all appropriate like somebody says oh i'm having surgery this week oh actually i'm not doing that well it's been 
can I pray for you right now? Like it should be a normal thing to look around our church and see people with a hand on one another, heads bowed or however you choose to do it. And then we just, that's a normal part of our prayer life. And uh, just coming up and receiving prayer too during the service also. Yeah, it's funny. It's like, how do we um, make prayer a part of our church culture? It's kind of like, just do it. (laughs) I I wish there was a more programmatic piece, but it's like, we've just got to, we just got to do it. Get over that. Um, Not get over it. Uh, That's harsh words. And I don't Mm -hmm. feel that way, but press into those moments of like, oh, it could be really weird if I pray for you right now. What if I don't know what to say? What if it's imperfect, but really entrusting the Lord, entrusting to the Lord our awkwardness of I'm going to pray and I hope you make something beautiful out of it, out of it. Right. Uh, yeah, this, the shy girl will tell you that <laughs> <laughs> prayer is kind of like a muscle, and I can tell you that it grows. Like you get stronger, yes. and you get, you know, more discerning into God's heart. So mm. you know, yes, as our body learns to grow, we'll we'll fumble at times, but. We're going to do it again, and you get stronger and stronger, and that's amazing. I think anything in the spiritual life and probably anything in life in general, you just have to push into the awkwardness. Like, it's mm. awkward to build community. It's awkward to, like, pray, learn how to pray together, those things. But, yeah, as you as you continue to do that, you grow, and something beautiful comes of that, you know. And something there's something beautiful in our fumbling efforts, too, you know, also. Yeah. Um, yeah, just have a couple more questions, and uh, I'll start with the one that sounds like it could be negative, but I want it to be helpful. What are some pitfalls that we could fall into as we're talking about prayer? I have a few. I think for me, um, I think sometimes when we forget, sometimes prayer also involves long suffering. I know um, I did a podcast earlier with um, some women who um, have chronic illness and a lot of them have been hurt by um, kind of implication of if you had more faith or if you prayed more then God would heal you instead of um, just trusting God's will and that and um, in prayer. Um, I think another pitfall can be is when we forget that there's more to prayer than just supplication, just asking. If we think of prayer as only asking, although of course it's it's at least that God invites us to tell us our wants, but like we forget that like confession is a part of our prayer life. Mm-hmm. Thanksgiving or calling you're saying praise. I love that you said when you don't know what to pray, you just praise God, you know, and, mm-hmm. and that's something that we have to grow into because that's not as natural. I think it's kind of natural of God to thank him, which is important too, but just to praise him for his character and who he is or even lament. Um, I had a really powerful experience mm-hmm. today. I went up for prayer um, for a hard thing that's going on in my life. And um, Lauren Song was praying for me. And at one point in the prayer, she was just like, God, this is just sad. It's just Mm -hmm. sad. And like sat in that, you know, for a moment instead of rushing to like, you know, quickly give an answer or, you know, just allowing that time of lament, which I thought was so important. But I think we can be Mm -hmm. too quick to like, we want prayer request, answer, prayer request, answer. Like we don't leave room for you know kind of it's it's normally doesn't always work that way (laughs) yeah it's more mysterious than that yeah yeah Uh, that that moment where she expressed sadness is like it's really important that is that is a moment where you are growing in your relationship with god right and so Mm -hmm. 
Sonia, as you were asking, kind of like, why do we pray? I, I think it's not necessarily to move God's heart. Like, I don't even know theologically how that works, mm-hmm. right? And it's mm-hmm. God's going God's gonna to do what he is going to do either way. But if you're not praying through it, you, you kind of miss it, right? Mm-hmm. You kinda, it's kind of like you went on a cruise and you slept in the cabin the whole time. <laughs> I don't know how else to say it. And so, and so lamenting or saying like that really hurts. That is a moment where you are sharing that with the Lord, and the Lord uh, is now intimately linked with that moment, and the context of your suffering becomes something different. And so we're sealed by the cross, but that doesn't necessarily mean that we're promised a richness of a relationship with God. And prayer, I, I believe, is there's there might be other ways, but to me it is the most um, direct way to experience and share in those relationships with him. And so the richness of our relationship and our walk with God is, I, I feel, greatly dependent on on how we pray. And one other pitfall I wanted to mention, um, you know, we've talked about gifting of prayer, and I, and I think there's some truth to that. But I also, as you guys were talking about exercising a muscle, I think that it is, it's, it's it's like that. <laughs> it's what am I trying to say? I'm trying to say that um, there's no there's no like excuse to say I'm not gifted in that. That that's just not really how it is. Yeah. Um, I think it's a matter of just actually doing it and just more exercise and more doing it. And I've heard I've heard prayer being called like the language of heaven, right? And so it's learning a new language, and that's okay. Like you might walk mm-hmm. into it and only know. Where where's the library, right? Mm-hmm. And that's okay. And and praising God, and even sometimes you you the Spirit is groaning for you for your hearts and your desires and your needs and the intimacy that you're longing for with God. And the Holy Spirit will help you and teach you how to pray. And eventually, you'll be able to pray in faith. You'll be able to pray with the Word for people and encourage them. And it it really is. Um, more than a gifting, I think it's actually just a, a doing, and it's about um, it's about growing in the Lord in in that way, growing intimately with Him, and ultimately why we pray is we get to have a shared experience with the Lord. With without it, we without it, there's only it's more like a head knowledge experience with God, and there's a difference there's a difference in that, right? And you can good things and bad things you can attribute them to the Lord, and actually it's great because when bad stuff happens. You don't have to. You don't have to be concerned about why or how. If you prayed about it, then it's very clear, right? Yeah. It's like, well, this is clearly what God has for me, and then you can move on to say, like, well, God, how are you going to make this work? Because you got to make it work, right? And if you haven't prayed through those situations, you're left with a lot of questions and a lot of like feeling on your own a lot of times. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, yeah. I think when I hear the word pitfall, um, what I think of is maybe what can hurt people through Mm -hmm. prayer. And I think in my experience, some things that I've seen hurt people um, is when, oh, it's painful, like when they go for prayer and someone is preaching to them um, their opinion or giving them advice. And it grieves my heart, And I, but I understand that it's sometimes difficult to know where you are with someone as you pray for them. Mm. But I would just humbly say that um, your posture in prayer can be a a pitfall 
you have to check your posture. Mm-hmm. And the posture is that it's you and God. It's you and God. And when you're praying for someone else, just pray like it's happening to you. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it can be easy to to preach when you're trying to encourage. There's like a fine line between preaching and encouragement. Um, but for prayer, um, it's it's just a fighting for what what are you asking the Lord for? What do they need? Um, and what do we need God to respond to? Um, yeah. So that's just maybe one thing I've seen that kind of makes me hurt when I see it. Yeah. Yeah. I think the the easiest way out of hurting somebody by praying the wrong things is to just pray the word. So just reaffirm what the word says hmm. over them and. If they have issue with that, they can take it up with the Lord, right? <laughs> because you are just it, just at, serving as a, a conduit for the promises of God. So oftentimes, somebody's discouraged or hurting, they don't have like the emotional like energy to to have the right attitude about it. And you can just slide right in with the Word hmm. of God and say, "This is what the Lord says," and that in your ability to just be there to hear where they're at and bring the Word into it. You know, I I find whenever I struggle to know what to pray for somebody, I just I just take a moment and think uh, and allow a scripture to come. And usually, I don't. I might not know how it connects to anything happening, but typically, I'll just start praying that scripture and praying through my understanding of it and affirming like the promise of that scripture and praying it for that person to receive it. And it's amazing how many times people turn around and be like, that, that was like a word of prophecy or whatever, right? Like, that was so for me. That How did you know? And it's like, it's not, that is, that it's, that's the word of God. It yeah. is living and active and it's able to, to, to go in, into those deep places, right? So I think maybe that's an encouragement to anybody concerned about, oh, I don't know how to pray for somebody. Just like take a scripture that you know and go say it to them and encourage them in it. That's like a pretty powerful thing. Right. I, uh, I love that. I love the, the connection between prayer and scripture. I remember uh, one of the first times I was a part of um, a prayer, like gathering up that I was a prayer for um, at our church in Boston. Someone gave that advice, like try to pray scripture. And um, it's funny because sometimes it's not a direct you know, correlation, but the, but the Holy Spirit will bring things to mind. And actually, it's a, a charge to to be in the Word, so you so you are more familiar with Scripture, um, and it comes. But also, you probably know a lot more than you even think if you know you know that that God so loved this person that He gave His life for them. <laughs> That's something you can pray for them. You know that yeah, you know sure. in the beginning God created the world and He created everything, so He knows the situation. You know, or mm-hmm. God's close to the brokenhearted. I go to that one a lot because I feel like that's given me comfort. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, to speak also to the tension between gifted in something and still doing it, I would compare prayer to evangelism. I think I, I'm not gifted in evangelism, but I feel like I still am called to share Christ with people. That yeah. might look differently, but I can lean into the people who are more gifted in that. Or uh, maybe, um, yeah, probably there's several areas like that, maybe even Bible studies and people like, you know, especially if they know the languages, you know, we're going to lean into them to lead us in that, but we're all going to want to study on our own too. So I think prayer is kind of like that. Um, some people I think do um, 
are called with that gift. And so we need you guys to kind of lead us and help us along. And that kind of um, goes to the next question is, what would you just say to someone who's discouraged in prayer? Maybe someone's listening to this and I'm like, wow, it sounds like you guys really commune with God. It's not like that for me. Like I've tried to pray. I don't know what to pray. I don't feel God. You know, what would you say to that person who is discouraged in their prayer life? I keep coming back to this, but I think, you know, when I'm most discouraged in my prayer life, um, seeking out prayer alongside others has been the biggest source of encouragement. And I think there's a lot of really cool ways to go about that. You know, that can be receiving prayer during the service. It can also be, um, this was something my roommate and I did when I was living in Lebanon. We set aside an hour in the week. Well, we started with 15 minutes to build that stamina um, and exercise the muscle. But we set aside an hour each week and we just said, you know, we're going to set a timer for an hour and we're just going to pray for the hour. And we'll see how it goes, see what the Lord speaks. And there was not a single time where that timer went off and I was satisfied. It was like each and every time we just were still hungry for more. And so um, not to say, just do it um, and minimize the difficulty of it, but I think the solution really can be simple. And I think that um, doing it alongside others makes um, that struggle a lot easier to bear. And I think that's why the Lord gives us the gift of brothers and sisters Hmm. to walk through and and share our burdens with us. And so, you know, maybe it's just inviting someone to pray alongside us to call us back to the sweetness and richness of prayer. Hmm. Yeah, and I think, um, you know, as I grow in prayer, I'm so surprised what I read in Scripture about prayer. Hmm. You know, even just... You know, if that's your quiet time for the month, like look into the word of what's the design of prayer. I can think of, you know, James 5.13 says, is anyone in trouble? Let them pray. Hmm. And that word let is like so key, you know, kind of like let them come and experience this. Hmm. Like, because I will respond and I do hear. Um, even the, I remember early in my journey, the the scripture that says that the heart of the king is in the hand of the Lord. That means that all the rulers of the world and all the things that we're seeing play out, God can so easily turn it and move it. And when you start to know the design of prayer um, from God's perspective, from His Word, I think you can't help but be encouraged that there's a great opportunity um, that waits. So I want to say this has just been uh, one of my favorite podcasts to be a part of. I've just been encouraged listening to your your answers and excited to think about what God's going to do through prayer at Waypoint. Um, but one last question, if you, um, if there's anything else you want to say before we, we wrap up anything about prayer that you'd like to get across or any resource you want to share? Yeah, I guess as kind of a final encouragement, if you're anything like me, there have been times in your prayer life where you, somebody put it this way one time where you should all over yourself like you just try and should yourself into um the thing that you feel you ought to do i should pray more but the reality is it's not that fulfilling for me it's not something i enjoy i don't get richness out of it i've 
been there. I still find myself there sometimes. Um, and I would say, um, if you feel like you really deeply understand the question of why we pray, if you feel like you understand theologically the importance of it, um, you see the value of it. Probably if you're listening to this podcast, you do see the value of it because you took the time to listen. Um, but you still feel like you don't know what to do, I'd really encourage you to press into the question of how to pray. Um, I think there are tons of good resources out there. A couple of my favorites are a book by a guy named Derek Prince. It's called Secrets of a Prayer Warrior, which I think is like the cheesiest title you could possibly have for a prayer book. But I got this book for free one time, and I think it does a really nice job of laying out um, different practices you can have on how to pray. Some of the things that he recommends in it have been really influential and foundational for me in talking about the different kinds of prayer, um, talking about different methods for approaching prayer. Um, and that could be a great resource on how to pray. And then another favorite, um, many of us maybe share this love, but there's a book called The Practice of the Presence of God, or maybe it's Practicing the Presence of God, and it's by Brother Lawrence, who's like a really old 16th century monk or something like that, but he speaks about the presence of God um, and the richness that it offers us, and it's a really good book for developing a framework of what prayer is in its essence. Yeah, I find a lot of our, the forefathers of the faith have a lot of good things to say about prayer. Um, Andrew Murray is one that I go back to all the time. There's, um, there's a devotional I have called Teach Me to Pray um, by Andrew Murray, and there's several other titles to choose from. And um, Leonard Ravenhill is another author, and he even said, men who are intimate with God are not easily influenced by men. Hmm. And, like, think about how awesome that posture is, you know, to not be influenced by things because you've just been with the king. You've been with Hmm. um, the lover of your soul, and you don't really need to know anything else, and you don't need to move any other way and um, you know that perspective is just um, precious for us to hold on to right now all right well we'll put those in in the notes when you when this goes on realm you can write those list in and there was a blog post a couple years ago actually on books on prayer and I'll, I'll find it and I'll put the link to that too because nice. um, there were several that I would recommend and uh, yeah we just thank you so much the encouragement i would say is prayer is so many things but um most of all i'd say it's an invitation to meet with god and i think when jesus says come to me you are weary or i think in isaiah you know come and dine get the richest affair why spend your money on what's not food you know come and be with me so um we're gonna do something unusual uh we're gonna close our time right now in prayer so we'll be a few pray for us Hallelujah, Lord. God, we love you, Jesus. We praise you, Lord. You alone are worthy. You are the most high God. Father, thank you for being mindful of us. Thank you for knowing us intimately, caring for us, Lord. And 
most of all, thank you that you desire so much to be a part of our life, that you desire to draw close, you desire to reveal your truth to us, you desire to give us uh, better things, better knowledge, more depth of understanding, Lord, intimacy with you and closeness with our brothers and sisters in this world, Lord. You want to just reveal all of this to us, and God, I just pray that you would do that for this church, Lord, that yeah. this gathering of people on Sundays and throughout the week at Waypoint would grow in prayer, grow in a desire and hunger to uh, spend time with you intimately, to seek yeah. you, to intercede for one another, Lord, to meditate on your goodness, God. Let it be that we wouldn't rush out of here, Lord, when you when your spirit is moving and when your spirit wants to work on our hearts, Lord. Yeah. God, there is nothing better than your presence. There's no medicine. There's no surgeries or uh, counseling or uh, advice that can do as much as just even just a moment in your presence, Lord, because you are all powerful and almighty and you have the keys and you have the answer to everything that our hearts are longing for, Lord. And so for everybody in the church body that is seeking and hungering and desiring and needing more and wanting more out of their relationship, Lord, will you just teach us how to pray? Will you teach them how to pray? Will you make us a body, Lord, that is constantly seeking after you so that people in need can come in and they would be covered in prayer, Lord? So God, our... our our prayer is that you would make this a house of prayer for all nations, Lord. We love you and we praise you. Be glorified in, in the ways that we meet, in the way that we pray for each other. In your holy name, amen. Amen.